0: welcome back to the gobble em up podcast an official podcast of the fifth quarter network presented by duncan mazda in blacksburg now here's your host carter hill
1: and hello Hokies, and welcome into episode 32 of the gobble em up podcast a part of the fifth quarter sports network and presented by duncan mazda in blacksburg Do you need a new or pre-owned car? Head on over to Duncan in Blacksburg. I drive a Mazda around town and I absolutely love it. So if you want to shake things up, go get you a Mazda. Duncan will take care of you over there on 460 Business in Blacksburg. You can find some of their new and pre-owned selection of vehicles at DuncanMazda.net. So check them out. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car, whether you're listening to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform, we thank you all so much for joining us. And if you're on Apple or Spotify, go ahead and subscribe and give us a rating. We would so greatly
0: appreciate that.
1: Paul Duncan is my producer and I'm Carter Hill, your host and a contributor to fifth quarter reminder to follow us on Twitter at FQ up is our gobble up podcast. Twitter at FQ Virginia tech is our fifth quarter Virginia tech Twitter. And my personal Twitter is at CB Hill underscore O three. Now, we have a fantastic slate for you today. First things first, we're going to recap an ACC championship weekend for Virginia Tech Athletics. Three sports competed in the ACC championships with men's track and field taking home their 17th ACC title, which is remarkable. So we'll go through track and field, wrestling, and swimming. They all competed at the ACC championships this weekend. Wrestling took second down in Raleigh, North Carolina. We will go through each of the 10 weight classes, see what guys did there, who qualified for the NCAAs, who may be getting in at large. And we'll talk to the ACC's most outstanding wrestler and ACC champion at 133, Corbin Myers. We talked to him. Post-match, about his story and how he got to this point, Sam Latona also won at 125 the ACC title. Those are the two Hokies that won. So we will go through each matchup there. And then Swimming and Diving placed third at the ACC Championships this past weekend, which is the best they've done in six years. So we will go through all those and give you the good stuff. We'll put it in a special emphasis on wrestling for sure as well with Corbin Myers coming on. We will then get to our weekend recap. Men's basketball slaughters Wake Forest and Castle Coliseum. Women's basketball has their six-game win streak snapped by the North Carolina Tar Heels. We will go through that loss, recap that one. Virginia Tech baseball goes down to Coral Gables, Florida, and takes two of three from the sixth-ranked Miami Hurricanes, third-ranked if you're looking at Baseball America. I use them interchangeably. So we will go through that. And then Hokies first baseman, TJ Rumfield, who has been fantastic for the Hokies this season, is going to hop on the podcast himself, and we are going to talk to him about how he got to this point, what got him to Virginia Tech, What's, what's led to success this season, and you know where are the Hokies headed? How, how, uh, how many people are they going to surprise this year? So we will talk to TJ about that. Then we will get to our previews. Virginia Tech women's basketball heads down to Greensboro. For the second round of the ACC tournament coming up this Thursday evening, they will face off against the 10th seeded Miami Hurricanes. The Hokies are the 7th seed in the ACC. We will preview that one, and then Louisville comes to town in a make basketball game this Wednesday evening. So we will preview that one between Virginia Tech, and Louisville in Castle Coliseum. So let's get right to it. Virginia Tech men's track and field takes home their 17th ACC championship, which is absolutely outstanding. They're the best sport of the school, probably the first one to win a national championship. They're up there every single year, top five program. They've won six now ACC indoor titles. They've won 11 outdoor. That's what equals the 17. They racked up 136 points this weekend, which is the largest margin of victory in the modern era, they beat second second place North Carolina by a total of fifty five points. That is nothing to sneeze at, and that's a huge credit to Virginia Tech men's track and field program and all they've done there at Rector Field House. They are the best program of the school, like I said, and it's a they're a fun sport to watch. They're a national powerhouse year in and year out, and they proved that down in Clemson, South Carolina, at the ACC Championships this past weekend. Let's go through the medalists. Gold medalist Ja'Cory Patterson gets one at the 200-meter and the 400-meter. Bashir Seville Mos- lowe gets a gold medal at the 800-meters. Antonio Lopez-Segura at the 5,000-meters. Tyler Leeser, Patrick Forrest, Dave Whitfield, and Ben Nibelink all get one at the distance medley relay. On to silver medals now. Chauncey Chambers gets one at the triple jump. Tyson Jones at shot put. At shot put, excuse me. Ben Nibbling at the 3,000 miles. Harrison Rice continues to claim himself as one of the best vultures in the conference. He gets one there. On to bronze. Sean Murphy gets a bronze medal. Aiden Clark gets a bronze medal at the high jump. And Blacksburg native and Blacksburg high school graduate Ben Fleming gets a bronze medal at the mile run. So quite a weekend for Virginia Tech men's track and field. They take home the 17th ACC title in program history down in Clemson. It's been quite a ride for... Hokies track and field, and it's not ending anytime soon. Next up is the NCAA's on March 12th. Virginia Tech wrestling goes down to Raleigh, North Carolina, and they play second in the ACC championships behind NC State. Now, Makai Lewis did not wrestle; he is still suffering from that shoulder injury he suffered against the against Pittsburgh earlier this season in the dual meet finale, where they uh, clinched the ACC dual meet title. So that was a big hit to the Hokies ACC title hopes, although I don't think it would have mattered. NC State sent six wrestlers to the finals and five of them won it. So I don't think it would have mattered. Jacob Camacho was the lone Wolfpack wrestler to lose in the finals, and he lost to, yes, one twenty uh the 125 ACC champion Sam Latona, who beat him twice this year. He followed up his outstanding finish to the the meeting against NC State where he had that last-minute takedown to clinch the duel for the Hokies and ultimately gave him the dual meet title. So Sam Latona really followed that up and, and really cemented himself as someone who really can contend at the highest level and compete for an ACC title and national title. Probably will not beat Spencer Lee of Iowa number one in the country, but uh, Sam should see himself as the third or fourth seed at the NCAAs and definitely will all American. He will 100% all American, which is the, uh, the top eight. When you finish in the top eight at the NCAAs, you get an all American and you make podium. So he defeats Jacob Camacho 2-1 in the ACC Championship 125 Finals. Corbin Myers is the second Hokie to win an ACC title at 133. He defeats Mickey Phillippe of Pittsburgh, which is the first time they wrestled all year. However, Corbin was the only wrestler in that field of six to to beat Mickey to beat Mickey Phillippe in the past, and they've wrestled plenty of times before. They had not wrestled this season. Corbin had said that post-match, and you'll hear a little bit from him later, but he had said that that probably did not have much enough of an effect, but nonetheless, Corbin Myers' comeback story: six-year guy, gone through an injury, Edinburgh transfer. He's exactly what you want in a wrestler. Great guy. I've always enjoyed talking to him. I think he's he well, he's definitely an All-American as well. He very well could compete for a national title at one thirty-three. I'm hoping so as well. I'm I'm rooting for him as hard as I can. He was number seven in the country. He defeated the fourth ranked Philippi of Pittsburgh. He actually was a Virginia transfer, but both of those guys are from Pennsylvania. So they have a lot of background. Corbin took home ACC most outstanding wrestler. So that's why we will hear from him in a second. Let's continue to go through the qualifiers for Virginia Tech. Again, they sent seven guys, seven automatic qualifiers to the NCAAs in St. Louis later this month. However, also happy March, uh happy March, happy much. Happy March by the way. Uh I was not thinking that when I opened the podcast, but it's March. March Madness is here. Anyway, later this month, Corbin Myers will take stage, take the mats as an ACC champion, as well as seven other Hokies qualified automatically for the NCAAs later this month. Makai Lewis is almost certainly to get in that Large. He did not automatically qualify because he did not wrestle at the ACCs, but it was crucial that they put him in the lineup and and some people were wondering why would they even forfeit him, and basically gave him no chance when the ACCs. Well, he had to be in the lineup in order to be eligible for the NCAA's. So, Mackay Lewis will almost certainly get in that large bid. So, you're probably the Hokies are probably sending eight guys, maybe nine if Andy Smith if if Andy Smith can uh, Andy Smith can uh, sneak in there. But I think you're probably looking at eight Hokies going to St. Louis. Let's go through some uh, some more qualifiers. Bryson Donian. Gets second at 149. He loses to Austin O'Connor, the top-ranked wrestler in the country from North Carolina. And that, that was a battle. He lost that one 10-8, and he, he got out to a 6-0 lead. But Austin O'Connor kind of took over towards the end, and Indonesian gets second in the ACC. He still gets the qualification for the NCAA, so he will be in St. Louis. Connor Brady gets third at 157. He goes 3-1 and one on the day. So he is heading to the NCAA. Makai Lewis goes 0-2 because of the injury to vaults, but he almost certainly will be going to the NCAAs as well. Dakota Howard at 174, the junkyard dog. He, he gets third place, moves, moves on to the NCAAs. He was down 7-2 to two in the consolation final against Victor Marcelli of Virginia, heading into the third period of play, and he just he just attacks. He's going to outwork you, and he wins that 11-9 in sudden victory, and... He gets third place and he is headed to St. Louis. That is quite a victory for Dakota God, for Dakota Howard. I'm very happy for that man. Hunter Boland does drop his first match of the season in the ACC Championship Finals at 184 to Trent Heidley of NC State. He's the third ranked wrestler in the country. That was the first time he's ever lost to Trent Heidley. Hunter Boland did so. Regardless, Hunter is headed to the NCAA season automatic qualifier, finishing second, and he will likely be the third or fourth seed at the NCAA, He was the top ranked wrestler in the country headed into that one. Andy Smith goes 0-2. I don't know if he will qualify, but he's going to be good. Freshman from Christiansburg, so look out for Andy Smith. And then Hunter Kaka, how about him? He comes on, didn't wrestle really towards the end, until really the end of the season, comes in for John Boris, who gets injured against NC State, and he nearly wins the ACC title at 285 at the heavyweight position. He falls to Deontay Wilson of NC State 2-1. to in the tiebreakers so he he went basically to overtime with them and he is now headed an ncaa's as he finishes second in the acc so quite a story for hunter kaka right there as well but i'll tell you what corbin myers is really the story of this one for virginia tech he wins acc most outstanding wrestler and we talked to him post-match so with that let's hear from virginia tech 133 and acc champion corbin myers yeah, Corbin, can you just kind of – first, congrats, by the way. Um, great season. Can you just kind of talk about your journey to this point and um, how good it is it to be able to be hosting a, an individual ACC trophy?
0: Yeah, it's it's been a rough ride. I mean, you know, coming in as a freshman at, at Edinburgh and and kind of spending my first three years there, and, you know, I definitely improved, um, but I don't think I had the the mental – side of the game figured out until I came here to Tech. And and I credit my coaches so much to that. I mean, you know, Roby, Freyer, Brewer, um, you know, Ty Walls, Jared Hot, guys like that just constantly saying, you know, you're the best, you can do it, you're, you're so good, stuff like that. Um, it's it just made a huge difference in my wrestling. And and so I, I owe a lot to, to those guys for my success this year, that's for sure.
1: And do you think it, it gave you an advantage to have not, you know face philippi this year coming into this or do you think that had any factor into or what what were your thoughts on that
0: um you know not really i don't think there was an advantage either way i mean we've wrestled i don't even know how many times i've wrestled that guy you know coming up through high school and then uh then in college so we know each other's styles we know what we're gonna do um so i don't really think there was an advantage you know one way or the other when it came to uh tonight's match and then last one for me. Do you um,
1: what is what is your level of confidence now going to go the uh, the NCAA? you obviously didn't lose a match this whole year, and now you know we talked about an ACC champion. So what what is your level of confidence heading into St.
0: Louis? Let's just win it. Let's win it. It doesn't matter from here on out. It doesn't matter if you win by a point, you win by tech fall or pin. Just you know be gutsy out there and and just just get it done. Doesn't matter how it happens. Just just win. That's that's what I'm focusing on. Awesome. I appreciate it, Corbin. Thank you. Yep, thank you.
1: So Corbin Myers is headed to St. Louis, is an ACC champion for the first time. The second time he's been a conference champion, 1-1 in the Eastern League with Edinburgh, and now is seeking he's been in the incident all-all four times, an automatic qualifier, and he all of all four years that he has wrestled he's redshirted a year and been hurt a year, so two redshirts technically, but Corbin Myers will now contend for a national championship. In St. Louis. Virginia Tech swimming and uh, the men's swimming and diving team finished third in the ACC championships this past weekend in Greensboro, North Carolina. That's their highest finish in six years. The number 13 Hokies finished with 1,085 points behind number seven Louisville, who won the league, and number five NC State, who got second. And NC State is always a fantastic swimming program. The team had 18 A finalists and set 11 new school records and earned 11 medals. Over the course of competition, freshman Yosef Ramadan swam the fastest time in the NCAA on Friday night, earning him a gold medal in the 100 butterfly. So he swam a time of 44-32, which broke the ACC record, meet record, school record, and was the fastest time a freshman has swam in the 100 fly in NCAA history. So that's quite a... Quite a uh, k- accomplishment for Ramadan and, and now Virginia Tech Swimming and Diving. They get Virginia Tech Men Swimming and Diving. They get third at the ACC's and they will now compete in the NCAA's coming up on March 12th. So that is also uh, quite, a, quite a weekend for Virginia Tech Men Swimming and Diving. It was quite a weekend overall for Virginia Tech Sports in the ACC Championships. Only one comes away as champion, but the rest finish in the top three at least. It was also a great week for Virginia Tech men's basketball as they absolutely hammered the Wake Forest Demon Deacons by a score of 84 to 46. It was an absolute beatdown in Castle Coliseum. The Hokies had their biggest ACC margin of victory since joining the league. So that's a. It's a pretty big accolade there. They led 49 to 22 at halftime and outscored the Demon Deacons the rest of the way by 11 and won 84 to 46. They led by as much as 43 in this one, and they win by 38. This is an absolutely dominant performance by Virginia Tech. Probably the best the Hokies have performed in probably the Mike Young era. Probably... As long as I can remember, maybe there's a, a couple games in the Buzz Williams era that they uh, they performed to that level. But probably the best game in the Mike Young era. I know Wake Forest is not the strongest team. They've kind of hit a wall like Virginia Tech did last year. But this is an impressive win over an ACC opponent. They're led by Kebe Luma, who put up 23 points in 20, just 20 minutes of play. They didn't need to play him the whole time. Put up 23 points, 8 rebounds. Tyrese Rafford put up 15 points and six rebounds. Nahimaleen with 13 points and four rebounds to add to that. Justin Mutz put up nine. David Gasan put up a quiet eight points. A nice game down low for David Gasan, the freshman from the Netherlands. Well, sub B or excuse me, Joe Bamaso had then had seven points. The freshman has really come on as late uh, of late. Had that what 12, 13 point game at Miami had the three pointer against Georgia tech and then put up seven had a awesome runaway dunk to end the first half to send us to halftime at 49 to 22. And that was really the highlight of the game for me. That's the one play that I remember the most because that was so freaking awesome. Joe Bamiso, he does put up seven points. Then will be Sabidi in his senior day. This was so emotional to watch his mom was able to, they, uh, Mike Young surprised BD by flying his mom down from Massachusetts, and he puts up five points in front of her. BD was saying, "You know, I just really want my mom here for senior day." And luckily, Mike Young and company were able to get him in ca- or get her uh, in Castle Coliseum, and he puts up five in front of his mom. Cordell Pimsel then puts up four, his first points since he has returned from a back injury in early January. Hunter Couture and John Ojiaco both played as well. They did not score. Would like to see Hunter Couture get back going again soon. At The big game against Miami has not played very well since – I shouldn't say not played very well. Has not shot the ball very well and has not gotten really much into the scoring column since then. I, th- I believe he put up four against Georgia Tech. Wake Forest, on the other hand, not much scoring there. We don't need to go through the stats. They only had one score in double figures. Isaiah Wilkins, former Virginia Tech Hoke, he only played one minute. So I know Mike Young – kind of said you know we don't really fit our system he ends up going to wake forest and probably has not been working out as well as isaiah would have hoped he's he was a great kid when he was here and i wish him nothing but the best but he only played i believe maybe a minute and a half in the blowout loss to virginia tech so we'll see maybe if he's we'll maybe see if he's six round at wake forest as well but virginia tech 84 to 46 over the wake forest team and deacons they're 15 and 5 now overall and nine and four in the ACC. So they're in good position headed into their final two games of the regular season before they head to Greensboro for the ACC tournament. They are allowing fans now. So we will see if I will be, Paul and I may be in Greensboro covering the ACC men's basketball tournament. So we will see there. But the Hokies now rank 22 in the country, fell six spots after the loss to Georgia Tech. Are in prime position for a great finish to the regular season after the beatdown of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Virginia Tech women's basketball—they were the lone team that did not fare as well as they would have liked to this past weekend. I guess if you're not counting wrestling, wrestling still did pretty well. The Hokies' six-game losing, uh, six-game winning streak rather was snapped to the North Carolina Tar Heels. This is actually their third regular season meeting. Tech and Carolina had played twice before, but because of Duke and Virginia canceling their seasons, the ACC added North Carolina. As a in a, in a third game for Virginia Tech, the Hokies led forty five to 45 to, uh, to thirty one at halftime. Rather, so they were in control of this game, but North Carolina really got going. Both of these teams are scorching hot. Like I said, the Hokies will now be the seventh seed in the ACC tournament. We will get to that in a minute. Leading scores for Virginia Tech: Georgia Amore, who was just named. First-team All-Freshman for the ACC, or ACC Women's Basketball. She put up 22 points. Asia Shepard, who was first-team All-ACC, with 14. Azana Baines with 12. Elizabeth Kitley had probably one of her rougher games of the year with eight points and seven rebounds. She was also first-team All-ACC. Deja Gregg put up four, and Deja Green put up three for Virginia Tech. Some more stats for this one. The Hokies shot 40% from the field, 32% from three. Uh, they went eight for 12 from the free-throw line, got out, rebounded 39-37. to 37 and turned the ball over 14 times, which isn't terrible, but it's not great. Um, now that I'm thinking about stats, the men's game had to be absurdly good, so I'm going to look back at the men's real quick because I'm curious. 53% from, from the field for Virginia Tech men's basketball over Wake Forest. 54% from three. They were 9 for 16 from the free-throw line, so Mike Young and his team will want to get a little bit better from the free-throw line, and that will have to improve from the stripe if the Hokies are going to win going forward. They out-rebound Wake Forest 38-34, to which is actually a lot – Slimmer of a margin than I thought it would be. They only turned the ball over nine times. to week Forest's is 18. They turned Wake over a lot. And that's what really led to Virginia Tech's 38 point victory, although they shot the ball very well. Uh, they, they shot the ball extremely well as well. Virginia Tech women's basketball. I know I kind of zigzagged a little bit. I was just curious to see that. But Virginia Tech women's basketball, frustrating game to drop to end, uh, to end the regular season. Would have been nice to have seven straight headed into the ACC tournament. But the Hokies are pretty much a lock now for the NCAA tournament, which will be their first one since 2006 so fantastic job by head coach kenny brooks and company for virginia tech women's basketball they're now 13 and 8 overall and 8 and 8 in the acc we will preview that matchup with miami going forward virginia tech baseball may have had the most successful out of anyone this weekend they well got to give respect for uh, to track too but they they pulled up probably the biggest upset of the weekend. They go down to Coral Gables, Florida, and take two or three from the sixth ranked Miami Hurricanes, the third ranked if you're looking at baseball America. The Hokies now find themselves ranked 24 at D one baseball and 16 in baseball America, North Carolina, I believe is 25 in D one baseball coming in. Uh, we will preview that one this next podcast coming up later in the week. So we'll have some coverage going forward of that. But you heard from are you you will in a minute. You'll you'll hear from TJ Rumfield, who he uh kind of talked about this past series at Miami and what's been the key to the Hokies success so far this season. But let's look at some box scores for this one on Friday night. The Hokies win the opener five to three down in Coral Gables. And this one, this one was, I believe the Hokies got down. Yeah. Two to nothing early. Took a three, two lead five, two lead. And then it was pretty much history. We'll go through some scoring for the Hokies. They were They found themselves down two to two, to nothing. Now Peyton Alfred actually got the start for Virginia tech on Friday night. He, uh, he threw three innings, uh, two earned runs, three hits, three walks, and four strikeouts. So an okay outing in 66 pitches for Peyton Alford, who's I would have thought would have been the Sunday starter, but John Sheff ran out Peyton Alford, and it ended up working out. Some scoring for the Hokies, Jonas Seeger singled in the top of the second to make it 2 to 1 Miami and then Cade Hunter hit a big two-run homer to make it 3 to 2 Virginia Tech in the top of the second as well. And then TJ Rumfield took over with a two-run homer in the top of the third and that's all the Hokies needed to win 5 to 2. Some more stats for the Hokies. than this one Gavin Cross went 1 for 4, TJ Rumfield 1 for 4 with 2 RBIs, Kevin Madden 2 for 4, Jonas Seekers 1 for 3 with an RBI, and Cade Hunter 1 for 4 with two home runs. It's been a fantastic start offensively for Virginia Tech, but pitching's also been very good as well. Matthew uh, Silver Silverlane came out of the relief and and got the win. Four innings out of the bullpen, one hit, and just one walk and six strikeouts. That is as good as you could ask for if your head coach John Sheff and pitching coach Ryan Fecto. Shane Connolly, the Citadel transfer, comes out of the bullpen as well and gets his second save of the season. He's been a hidden gem for Mike Young, or excuse me, Mike Young, John Sheff and the Virginia Tech baseball staff. The second game, they follow up. They do drop this one 3 to nothing to the Canes to even up the series, but that's what made it more fun on Sunday. So, you know, you'll take three three, uh, two out of three out of Miami anytime you can possibly get it. But the Hokies fell in this one, three to nothing. Chris Gerrard got the start. He goes six innings, six hits, three earned runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. A, a, good, uh, a good outing overall for Chris Gerrard. Grant Umberger, Jason Hurd, Graham Fireve- F- Fireved, and Ryan Okuda then come out of relief for the Hokies. And the bullpen did a pretty good job. Only one hit, and that one... Umberger Hurd, and Ryan Okuda each do not give up a hit and only one walk combined with them as well. The the bullpen's also been a extremely bright uh, extremely big bright spot for John Chef pitch and pitching coach Ryan Fecto, and really a surprise the bullpen was a big question mark as well. So that's 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 big for Virginia Tech. Not much really to talk about in this one. Miami got all three runs in the bottom of the first. T.J. Rumfield did come away with two hits, though, two for three. Tanner Thomas, his first multi-hit game of the year, two for three, and Tanner Schoel was one for three. Those are the five hits in that one for Virginia Tech. But then that set up the Sunday matinee when the Hokies got a big 9-6 to win over the Miami Hurricanes to take the series in Coral Gables. Anthony Simonelli got the start in this one. So typically I would have thought Chris Girard would go Friday, Anthony Simonelli on Saturday, and Peyton Alford on Sunday. But hey, You'll take it anyway way you can get it. Anthony Seminelli pitches four and two-thirds, two earned runs, four, four runs, but only two were earned, five walks. John Sheff's going to want to get that one down a little bit. Four strikeouts. Henry Wiker then comes out of the bullpen, gives up a hit in a third of an inning. Ryan Okuda then comes out of the pen, the weekday starter, and he gets wrapped up. Does not record an out and gives up two hits and two earned runs. Jason Hurd, though, is outstanding out of the bullpen. Two innings pitched, two hits, five strikeouts. He gets the win, and Shane Connolly once again gets the save with two stri- uh, two innings pitched, two hits, and did not walk a single batter. And that was his third save of the year. So the Hokies have found a nice little back in the bullpen with Jason Hurd and Shane Connolly, the transfer from the Citadel. Scoring for the Hokies, Tanner Schoble had an RBI single in the in the top of the third. Prince Ginther then hit his first homer of the year to make it 2-2 two to two in the top of the third. After Miami made it four to two, the Hokies just came right. Uh, they came right. They they just kept coming back. Tanner Shobo with a two run single in the top of the six to tie it up at four to four. It was then six to four, and Kevin Madden hits a two run single to tie it. Tanner Shobo hits an RBI grounder, and Gavin Cross finishes it off with a two run homer to right field to make it nine six Hokies. Cross goes two for four with two RBIs. Kevin Madden two for five with two RBIs. Tanner Thomas two for five. T, uh, Tanner Shobo two for four with four RBIs. Fritz Ginther one for five with an RBI. And TJ Rumfield missed him two for five, did not record an RBI, but another multi-hit game for the Texas Tech transfer. That's an outstanding series for Virginia Tech, but don't take it from me. Let's take it from Virginia Tech first baseman, TJ Rumfield. He's going to come on the podcast now and give us his thoughts on the start of the season for for Virginia Tech, how the success has come for the Hokies and who are the Hokies going to surprise us here? Let's hear from Virginia Tech first baseman, TJ Rumfield. Now back here on the government podcast presented by Duncan Mazin in Blacksburg. We're pleased to be joined by Virginia tech baseball infielder, TJ run TJ, thank you so much for giving some of your time. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So you guys surprised a lot of people this weekend. You went down to South Florida and took down, I guess, number six, Miami. If you're looking at one poll, number three, if you're looking at baseball America, I use them interchangeably. Why do you feel oh, you all are a team that can compete weekend and weekend out week in and week out in the ACC and, Why do you think you're going to surprise a lot of people? I mean, um,
2: it's not a surprise to us and the guys that, I mean, we have are uber talented and we got, um, we play tremendous defense. So it was no surprise to us what happened this weekend. But I think the main thing that we take away from this Miami trip is that we got to come back and do it again this next weekend, which is going to be huge. Um, So we play against a really good ball club. So we got to come out and be
1: ready to go. And so what brought you to Virginia Tech? You know, you're a transfer from Texas Tech. I've heard some of the coaches talk about it, but I want to hear from you. What what brought you to Virginia Tech?
2: Well, I uh, I got to play at Texas Tech, and um, I just decided that it was probably best for me and um, my career to uh, go ahead and move somewhere else. And I hopped on the transfer portal, and one thing led to another. Uh, throughout quarantine, just talking to different teams and um, different schools, but Ultimately, uh, Virginia Tech was, I mean, the best spot for me and to move forward with my baseball career and get to play in a great conference. So that uh, really influenced my decision to come here. But I think the main the other main thing is definitely, you know, Coach Chef. He's he knows he knows the game in and out and he's been around it for a while. So and uh, he's always um, in tune with the game. And I like that. Definitely from our head coach and just our whole coaching staff is just, um, you know, we're um, we just know how to work and we get the job done. That's really what led me to come to Virginia Tech is just the mindset, um, you know, winner's mentality. We're here to win, uh, you know, all of that stuff.
1: And what did you do during your year, you know, the year layoff? What did you do to get better? What did you do in the weight room, indoors, outdoors? Kind of, kind of, disc- I don't know if you played summer baseball. I don't know if your team, or if uh, you were unable to play or not. Can you kind of just take us through what this last year was like for you with the layoff? I did. I actually played for, um, in the summer, I played for the Round Rock Harriman,
2: which is in, um, which is in Texas. And we played at the AAA Stadium, for, which is now the Texas Rangers, but was the Houston Astros when I was there, but they had a change, but I played summer ball there, got off to a good start there and um, really just continued it um, throughout the summer. But before that, when quarantine hit, it was, you know, it was just uh, Herschel Walker workouts in the, in the garage with uh, just like banded workouts, whatever I could get my hands on dumbbells, sandbags, just anything to get better. And, um, and just, Having the mentality that, you know, this, this, the last season may be gone, but now it's whoever, you know, puts the time in, puts the work in, and, um, you know, that's going to pay off. And the quarantine was definitely a big, like, um, like advantage for me was just like getting to work out every day and getting to be around my dad, who, um, you know, my dad played 14 years professionally. So, um, you know, getting to hit with him the whole year and getting to work out with my little brother as well. I mean, we just found a way to get better every day. So ultimately, you know, coming here and, um, the odds of succeeding will go up just based on the work that I put in over the quarantine.
1: And I just got one more team question for you before we move on to you individually. How fun is this team? You know, we see like the hammer celebration and everything. Can you kind of just, how fun is Virginia tech baseball this year?
2: You know, we are electric and we, uh, you know, we slam the hammer whenever we hit a home run. It doesn't matter. Um, it's uh, just what we do. And that's, I mean, that's slowly becoming our identity as a team is just, um, you know, we're going to, no matter like in Miami, let's say, take the Sunday game. We, uh, you know, they score, we score, they score, we score, they score, we score. It's just kind of one of those things, like we're just going to keep on hammering and, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, you're going to get our best. And um, I think that's what this whole team is about is just, you're going to get our best every day. And, um, we'll have a chance to compete.
1: And so just kind of going through your stats, you may not be aware just because you may not look at statistics, but you're hitting 375, three home, run, three home runs, seven RBIs, hit one on Friday, many multi-hit games. Um, you hit two against Radford, obviously. Can you just talk about your success earlier, early, uh, early on in the season? I
2: mean, I think that's just um, – I mean, I don't really look at my stats because I don't want to get caught up in that because right. we don't really get – enough at-bats to really have a real average. But I think the one thing I can take away from that is just, you know, putting in good quality at-bats and not, not letting uh, like an at-bat get away from you or just giving it a bat away uh, giving it out away. Cause you only get 27 outs in a game. So uh, you like the way I look at it is just, you know, getting up there, having a good at-bat versus the pitcher rather than looking at my stats and stuff like that. But I think if, I think they correlate if you just have good at-bats and your stats will back that up.
1: And then how fun is it just to hit a ball that far? You know, I was actually – I don't know if I was there at the time, but I was driving through the roundabout pretty close to when you hit that homer, and <laughs> I know a, I saw the video and it was pretty close there. So just how fun is it to hit a hit a, hit a baseball that far? Uh, you know,
2: it's a lot of fun. It's definitely one of the better feelings. Um to like have definitely but you know it just makes you want to do it again and again and again
1: and then just last question for you before I let you hop off how excited are you for UNC this weekend two top 25 teams now both coming off of very good weekends ACC series wins over ranked opponents how excited are you for welcoming the Tar Heels into town this weekend
2: I mean I I just hope that um we come out and we're ready to play and we're um Gonna have a good um, game plan for whoever's um, throwing for them, and sure defensively we'll have a game plan as well. But I guess just um, getting to play another ranked opponent and getting to prove why we are uh, where we are right now. But I think the rankings is just it's not um, it's not really it's not really big in our mindset right now because uh, we know where we want to go, and um, it doesn't matter what we're ranked in um, March.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, TJ, thank you so much for hopping on. I really appreciate that. It's TJ Rumfield, Virginia Tech first baseman designated hitter and really been producing the cleanup spot this year. Thank you so much for hopping on. Best of luck this weekend and go Hokies. Yep. Thank you. DJ Runfield obviously says that it was not a surprise to them. Virginia Tech baseball is, is in for a good year, according to him, and they have a lot, a lot of fun, and obviously you can tell it. You know, he's He said, we are electric in the dugout, which is so fun to see and watch. On to our previews. Virginia Tech women's basketball is headed to Greensboro Thursday night at 6 p.m. on your regional sports network to play. Well, not to play host. The seven-seeded the Hokies will – Square up against the 10th ranked, the tenth seeded Miami Hurricanes. The Hokies did th- win that one, the regular season meeting down in South Florida, 75-55 to 55 earlier this year. That was part of their six-game win streak when the Hokies got it going. As mentioned before, the Hokies come in 13-8 overall and 8-8 eight and eight in the ACC. Miami comes in 11-10 overall and 8-10 and in the ACC. Again, there's going to be some difference in games with COVID pauses and everything, so that's going to be what it is on the men's and women's side, probably baseball as well, softball as well, all those other sports. But yeah, seven seeded Virginia Tech will, will play against 10th-seeded Miami. Let's look at some stats for the Canes. Their most recent game, they beat the Clemson Tigers 68-62. to Some stats for the Hurricanes. Destiny Harden is their leader down low. She put up 21 points. Adina, Adina Banks is another guard up top that's very, very good. I've watched her play for a while. 13 points. Kelsey Marshall with 12 up top as well. And then Carla Urgevek with 9. Sydney Roby with six, Malaya Johnson City Baba with three. I'm, I apologize if I, if I pronounced her name wrong. Naomi Mabandu with two, and Taylor Mason with two. That is your scoring for the Miami Hurricanes. So that was this past one against Clemson. Uh, we're also going to look at their scoring earlier this season, February 11th against the Hokies, to see how they matched up against Virginia Tech. First, some stats for the Hokies in that one. Aja Shepard and Elizabeth Kitley put up nineteen. Georgia Amore, that was kind of a game. She started to come on with seventeen. Azana Baines with nine. Kayla King with six, and Deja Gregg with five. Some stats for Miami: Destiny Harden led scoring in that one up top. She's she's extremely talented up top as well. Twenty points. Kelsey Marshall with fifteen. Adenia Banks with eleven. Naomi Mabandu with six, and N- Nioja Goni with three. So, I believe. Um, I don't want to get, I don't want to get where she's from wrong. So I I'll stay away from that. But I, um, man, I, for whatever reason, I'm trying I have a, her picture in my head and I'm trying to think what country she's from, but they're good. They recruit a lot of different foreign countries and they bring in a lot of really good girls to the Miami Hurricanes basketball program. Katie Meyer has always done that at Miami at the U so that, so that that's kind of where they found a lot of their success I don't remember Adrian Motley that was from Newport News and she was picking between Dennis Wolf and Virginia Tech and then Katie Meyer at Miami ended up going to Miami and torched the Hokies plenty of times so that's who you should watch out for in uh for uh Miami Destiny Harden who I believe is a guard the header lister they had her listed as a forward against Clemson but I believe she plays up top, so look out for her up top. Adina Banks up top, Kelsey Marshall down low is going to be who you really want to look out for if you're Virginia Tech against Miami Hurricanes again. 6 p.m. second round on your regional sports network. Now we'll kind of we'll play by ear how we'll cover the ACC tournament. The winner of this one will face off against second seeded NC State. Now the Hokies obviously split with the Wolfpack earlier this year, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully they can knock off Miami, obviously, and then end up making a trip to the semifinals by, by taking down NC State once again. Now, they did not have their best player, Alyssa Kunan, earlier this year, so we will see how that affects everything. But Virginia Tech women's basketball, best of luck as they get on the ACC tournament in Greensboro. Virginia Tech men's basketball will host Louisville in a makeup game this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Finally a game not on the ACC network or regional sports network. I don't have to see people on Twitter complaining about, which completely valid, people complaining about not being able to watch the game. Again, completely valid, but luckily everyone will get it this time now on ESPN2. The Cardinals have had a relatively successful season. They've had a couple COVID pauses, but they've had a good season. 13-5 overall, 8-4 in the ACC. They're going to the NCAA tournament, probably 8 or 9 seats somewhere around then. Carly Jones, the rapper transfer, has been fantastic. Some stats for Louisville on this one. We won't go through their whole schedule because their season is almost near complete, so... We, we won't go through, through their whole schedule, but I will look at their stats, look at their previous game against Virginia Tech, how they fared, and look at their, their, uh, their past game against Duke. So we'll be able to kind of tell you who to watch out for for the Cardinals before we make our pick for that one. Again, Carly Jones is their leader. He puts up 17.6 points a game. David Johnson, who is out, he will not be playing this week against Virginia Tech. That's a huge loss for Louisville. 12.5 points a game. Jalen Withers, 10.2 points a game. Samuel Williamson with 10. Dre Davis with seven points, uh, 7.8. Quinn Slezinski with 6.2 points a game. Malik Williams Actually, I'm sorry. Malik Williams is the one not playing. I don't know why I said David Johnson. Malik Williams is the one not playing. He put up, He's put up five in the few games he's played. That's a big loss for Louisville. J.J. Traynor with 3.9 points a game. And after that, it's guys who have not been playing as much this season. Carleek leads them in points. Jalen Withers leads them in rebounds with eight. Carleek also leads them in assists. And steals, and J.J. Trainer leads the block category for the Louisville Cardinals. Again, David Johnson is playing. I don't know how I mix up those names. Malik Williams will not be playing against Virginia Tech, although he's only played in three games this year. He's been kind of banged up this whole season. In Louisville's most recent game against Duke, again, the stats are not that surprising. Carly Jones put up 25 in the Cardinals' 80-73 to win at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Jalen Withers with 16, Samuel Williamson with 14, David Johnson with 9, Malik Williams with 5, although, again, he will not be available, Quinn lazinski with 5, J.J. Trainer with 4, and Dre Davis with 2. In the Hokies, earlier meeting with the Louisville Cardinals at the KFC Yum Center, Louisville, kind of the same type of stats. Carly Jones and David Johnson tied for leading scores with 17. They will need to contain David Johnson better. He had a very good game against them last time. Jalen Withers also had a very solid game against Kevin Luma down low with 16. Quinn Slezinski had a nice game off the bench with 10 and then Dre Davis, Josh Nickelberry with five, JJ trainer with two and Samuel Williamson with one. Those are your stats in the the Cardinals previous meeting with the Virginia Tech Hokies where they came out on top of the YUM Center in Louisville, 73 to 71, Hunter Couture's attempted shot at a game-winning three-pointer clipped off the back iron and Louisville got a nice win to start the season and really is what, is carrying their incident like tournament hopes right now. And they're going to get in the tournament, like I said, but yeah, I'm going to pick Virginia tech to win this one. They, after, after that game against wake forest, they got all the, you know, the, they got to finally get back to their conditioning after the long COVID pause, got the bad game against Georgia tech out of the way, really showed their full potential against wake forest. Louisville is playing well. Now they're, they, they're coming off kind of the same situation, a COVID pause as well. But I don't know. I just think the Hokies are going to pull it out at home. Now Louisville, would, I would not be surprised to see them win this one either. The Hokies have not beaten Louisville since they've joined the ACC, and actually, has not beaten them since nineteen ninety four. So they are the they are the Virginia Tech to Virginia football. If the Hokies are the Cavaliers in football. In this case, it's it's always that one team you can never seem to beat. So hopefully, the Hokies can get it done here and snap. I don't know what the the win streak is at, but it's been a while since Virginia Tech has beaten Louisville. So it would be it would be definitely. Nice to get that done for sure. So, I'm going to go the Hokies. So, that's what to look out for for Virginia Tech Louisville. That's again, 7 p.m. on ESPN2 tomorrow night from Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg. Well, that's going to do it. Episode 32 of the Goblin Podcast presented by Duncan Mosn in Blacksburg. We thank you all so, so much for joining us. And yeah, we had a good episode today going over the ACC championships, going over this past week in tech athletics and looking forward to Virginia Tech men's and women's basketball. We will have some baseball coverage coming up this week as well. Again, thanks to TJ Rumfield and Gavin Cross, who was supposed to come on with us as well, but we were having some technology issues. So he had to run to a class. So big thanks to him as well. TJ Rumfield for hopping on and talking Virginia Tech baseball, as well as Corbin Myers for continuing to be so awesome to us. And we'll see, we'll have maybe Corbin Myers and Sam Laton on for an actual podcast appearance coming up. But For Paul Duncan, my producer, I'm Carter Hill, your host and a contributor to Fifth Quarter. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Virginia Tech, Louisville. Go Hokies. Everyone stay safe. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.